Welcome to the Life Encouraged Podcast, where we talk to real people who've overcome real life failures and adversities. Their stories will motivate, inspire, and encourage you. And now, your host, Dave Avery. Welcome to the show, and I will forewarn you today, you might need some Kleenex for this one, folks. It's a little bit dusty in here. You see, today we're going to have a conversation with a couple who lost their 17-year-old son to bone cancer. I'll say it right here, right now. I hate cancer. I despise cancer. I loathe cancer. And there's no parent who's ready to bury their child. So listen in, lean in, and let's hear how this couple is dealing with the loss of their 17-year-old son. Because you don't get over it. You just get through it. Well, welcome to this episode of the Life Encouraged podcast. Uh, This is one that I know will be one of the most powerful episodes um, for many reasons. But the title is You Don't Get Over, You Just Get Through. I'd like to welcome my guests to the podcast show Tim and Tammy Borbeau. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hi. I am doing well. This is um, this has been an ordeal. It's been something. Yes, and uh, I know that if you are listening to this, uh, you will be impacted. You will be encouraged. You'll be challenged. I hope that your faith will be strengthened through our conversation today. So let's jump into it. And uh, you don't get over you just get through it um tim and tammy you lost your son and it's been almost two years ago and as i see he was 17 years 11 months 18 days 23 hours and 15 minutes when he stepped into into glory yes not even 18 years old and i can tell you from a personal experience that uh having gone through the loss of my brother and seeing how my parents now many years later still you you never get over the loss of a child no even if it's an adult child i would even say you just we're not wired um to bury our children it's just not not the natural order of things so let's let's walk back through and i have a personal connection with you and your family obviously um you know Tim Jr. was in in my junior high youth group, and we did some missions trips and stuff. Special young man to me as well. Mm-hmm. So this is just not, it's not like we don't know each other. You know, full disclaimer, we're friends, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, our families are friends, and we go we go back some years. Yeah. But uh, it's for that reason that I really, um, really wanted to, to have this conversation with you guys. Because I do know you, and I know how strong you are, and I know we've walked with you through this this thing, and it's it's hard. You just you don't get over it. So let's go back to um, what are some of the, the the funniest memories of of Timmy growing up? Well, I mean, what was some of the, the just the goofball things that that he did? One of the one of the most recent ones. Uh, he had this dance. He would do the floss and. Um, this was this was probably uh, about I don't know two years before he passed. He did this dance, and it's like I I can still see him doing it, and he did it in a video that we have of him, 
and um, he just he just it just brought smiles to his face when he would do it, and it was just the funniest thing to see him do it. And uh, yeah. was it the floss? It was yes. the floss, and yeah. he was good at it. He was really he good was, at it. Even <laughs> even at the end when he only could use one arm, he was good at it. I mean, yeah. I don't even know how he did it, but it looked normal. So. I have two arms that I, you can use, and I can't look normal doing it, man. I've tried. I have great uh, admiration for those who can do it and actually look cool doing the floss. So yeah, he was good at yeah. it. Yeah, he was. How about you, Tammy? Um, he was just a great kid overall. He he would always try to make me laugh. He would do these eyes where he would hold his eyelids up and wiggle his eyes back and forth and then video me doing it and he he was just funny and it's funny because I didn't know it he'd always send me these funny videos of dogs running and their tongues hanging out and no bodies but just the head so I didn't know it but before he passed he had sent me like a hundred and something of those videos so now I just when I'm feeling really sad I go back and I look at those videos that he sent me. It makes me smile. And just all I have to do is turn on his video when he danced. <laughs> he definitely had such a great, great character, great attitude, loved life, loved to put a smile on people's faces. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did. So when did you guys how did this this play out? I mean, he's a young man. This is not something and I'll just state right now. I hate cancer. I hate it with a passion. I loathe it. So he's a young man. He's healthy. He played sports. I mean, when when did this start? When did you? How did you find out what? Well, I think it first started looking back hindsight. My mom was on hospice. We had moved to Virginia um, because she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and he started complaining then about his back hurting a little bit. Nothing major. Nothing that would cause us alarm because he also grew like five inches in a year. So the doctor said it's probably because, you know, he grew so fast or whatever. So this was in probably April, March, April of 2016. So we were going through all that and we were transitioning to move back to Florida and around... The beginning of September, he caught the flu. And this is all hindsight looking back. He caught right. the flu. And, well, what we thought was the flu. So I just treated him like any, you know, mom would. I took care of him. And he was better. And he went back to work and did his thing. So then a couple weeks after he was better, he got sick again. And he started lo losing some weight. This all happened so rapidly within, I would say, seven-week period. Yes. He started losing a lot of weight really quick. Um, and he's only 16 now. Yeah, he's only 16. Okay. He had just turned 16 in May. First job, learning to drive, all those kinds of things. Um, so we took him to a, a walk-in clinic, and they did all kinds of tests. We were thinking maybe mono. Right. Because you do lose weight. You get, you're very sleepy. He was tired. You lose weight fast. So they did all these tests on him. They left with us. Um, we knew there's something more wrong with him, but they said, you know, his, his iron's a little low. Could have been just from being sick. So it, that happened, and then about a week later, 
We picked him up from work and he just did not look right. So we decided, my husband said, if he's not any better in the morning when we get up, we're taking him to the emergency room. So we took him to the emergency room and they sent us to all children's after they did some testing. And we kind of... You could see it on him, though. Yeah. You could see he... It happened so we had, fast. We had gone to this place. I wanted to take him to a place. Um, it was a, I kept going over a bridge every day for work, and I could see a river, and I wanted to take everybody down there. And we had, you had to walk down a hill to get to the river, and when we got down there, I turned around. And this was right after work, and, um, and he, um, I, I turn around, and I look, and he's sitting down, and he was pale, and he was just whooped. And I said, something's not right easy. there. Something's not right. And that at that point, that was it. That was the. That's when we took him. That was when we just said we got to go. Something and not wrong. leave obviously until we find out what's something's wrong. Right. Yes. We need an answer. Right. Yes. So and then that's when he was sent to all children's, and within four days he was diagnosed. And they suspected it because they sent us to the oncology hematology floor at all children's in Washington D.C. Now, did you guys have any? inkling at all did you have any idea that that was going to be the diagnosis never even thought that was it so how do you i mean 16 year old healthy son things happen so quickly next thing you know he's diagnosed with cancer how did you respond i mean what was your first my first reaction when i heard it i was like okay so here we are our son has cancer and i had to wait and think about it for a moment because i i was like what are our chances that was the first thing popped in my head what are the chances you think terminal when you hear the word cancer you think oh my god i'm gosh. thinking the worst and and, and it and it was in the beginning um we we asked and the percentage of him to make it at that point was only 20 percent from the beginning from with the beginning. treatment with from the initial diagnosis 20 percent 20 percent what kind of cancer ewing sarcoma it's okay a bone cancer and what happened is, is it was already they consider it mystetic because it's floating in his lungs and he had it in other places but there was already nodules floating in his lungs which made it um which is the worst it can be and even without it floating in his lungs you still only have a there's a still only a very low percentage of people that make it at that point but that was our first reaction That's and i you treatment. know i didn't want to hear any sugar coating in the in the deal so i asked him i said do you want to hear us ask them what are the chances you know, and he did stay in the room, and, and we were honest with each other all the way up to the end. And I, we just asked them, and they said, well, the way it's at, there's a 20% chance with treatment, and there's a 100% chance you're not going to make it without treatment. And at that point, where the way he was at, I don't, I don't think it would have been too much longer. Tammy, how did you feel when you, you got that diagnosis? I mean, what, what was your response? I just remember feeling helpless boy you know? yeah. but i think from the very beginning all three of us had a faith in the lord jesus christ that was unshakable and i never realized how unshakable it was until things were shaken really shaken i mean this yeah, was that's this good. was big time this was it doesn't shake much more than than that finding no, out your child has cancer proverbs 3 5 and 6 and not just knowing it, but really, truly applying it to your life. Because, I mean, we knew from the very beginning that Tim was probably going to be terminal. But we also knew that if it was God's will, he would have healed him here on earth. And we believed that with everything in us. 
Timothy had that faith. As a matter of fact, Timothy's faith was so strong. When he was about two and a half years old, we were getting bunk beds for him. And uh, actually, he was about three because I was pregnant for Josh at the time. And we prayed about everything. <laughs> so I'm like, we're in the middle of the store praying whether we should get these bunk beds uh, to prepare for Joshua and him. And Tim says, come on, Tim, come over here. We're going to pray to Jesus to see if we should get you these bunk beds or not. So Timothy comes running and jumping over the ottoman. You know, he was very active. And he grabs both of our hands. And right before Tim started to pray, he said, thank you, Jesus, for my new bunk beds. <laughs> he ran off over the ottoman. That was it. He claimed it over. <laughs> And yeah. they had still slept in those same bunk beds from the time wow. know, when he was right. sick, through the time he was sick. That's but, a great story. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's a kind of, what I was saying is that's the kind of faith even Timothy had. And he had that from a very young, very young, young man, young boy. Okay. So let's move forward then a little bit in the process of, of his battle. And, you know, just being honest, I I can't I can't imagine, you know, being in that situation, that exact situation where you were at? Were there times where you were just angry with God at all? or There were moments when I was. Um, there These times when I was just like, why? why? Why why do you have to take my son, you know? And and then I think, you know, why, is your, why are you putting him in this position? And, and at moments I even wish that it was upon me because I don't want my son to have to go through that. So that helpless that my wife was feeling, I was feeling the same thing still trying to take care of the kids at home, go to work, and still be there for them in the hospital. So there, there, there were, those moments were really rough, and I did. I got angry with God many times, and I just had to sit down. And, and at, at some point, God just revealed to me that His will isn't always what I expect it to be. As much as I want it to be my will, and uh and and not understanding why and there, there's times when i still don't understand why but i look at it now and i look it's just uh god uses it for ways that we don't understand and of course now i can look back and i say i'm not angry at god anymore but there were many moments that i was watching him go through that through the pain through his sickness having to help him do things that he just wasn't able to do himself yeah as a young man who was healthy active athletic yeah. just months earlier yeah yeah so you know that is one of the um challenges you know as a christ follower when things happen that don't happen according to our will but we have to trust that it's god's perfect will you don't know why you don't have an answer now and as we'll talk about we've seen some wonderful things happen through this but you still don't understand why this side of eternity it's like i don't get it and it's okay and i want if you're listening to this i want you to know and i think you guys it's okay to be angry god has given us emotions he understands the loss of a son um it's okay to ask why he's a big god and it's it he's not put off or offended when we ask why you know we're created in his image and his likeness he's given us these emotions that we have and um so you know if you're listening to this and you're going through it you know know that it's it's okay to be angry it's okay to process it it's it's necessary i think it's necessary yeah. wouldn't you say i mean absolutely yes. and i think at that time too we came to terms with why are we serving god 
are we serving him to what we can get from him or are we serving him because he's God? That's good. So in that, we came to that conclusion that, you know, when we chose, when we chose to follow Jesus Christ and make him Lord of our lives, we chose to serve him no matter what happens. So, so practically, how would you say then your faith has really enabled you to get through this process? For me, I don't know how you do it without faith. Uh, I, it's that um, trusting in the Lord through everything. You know, as the as the word says, to lean not on lean lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your path. And I, I feel that just trying to focus on that and the faith has grown from this just getting through it god has even changed my heart in many other ways just how i view other people how i view myself how i view my wife and my family and it's grown more and more and it's unfortunate that it had to happen that way and i can look and say well maybe that's one of the reasons why it had to be this way because you have other kids and we're going to talk about that in the second episode right how that whole dynamic so uh he battled and and so it was what a year and a half really that he he really fought this thing yeah he almost died twice oh, on the way yeah. yeah about a year before he passed he um went into pick because his oxygen went down to almost nothing he was in there for seven days it was hard it was hard to watch him because his internal body was mutilated by the chemo but it was the only thing that would fight this cancer here on earth, very aggressive cancer. So it was hard to watch him, but at the same time, his faith was so unwavering and so unshakable that it it strengthened everybody around him, his nurses, his doctors. I mean, he was so strong. You know, when you raise your kids up, you don't even realize, you know, what you're instilling in them. And then when something like this happens, and you just saw the way he just, he just had this unwavering faith in Jesus Christ that was, it just permeated through everybody, anybody that was around him. He was so confident and so faithful. That's I mean, awesome. he, was, he yeah. was behind in school and he even fought his way. He caught up on all of his schoolwork in the middle of all this. He went to work. He would get up at 6 a.m. One of his favorite things to do because he worked at Sky Zone Trampoline Park. And um, his favorite day was Tuesdays and Thursdays because they had um, toddler time. And he would get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock <laughs> doing his algebra <laughs> that he did not like. <laughs> I'm with algebra. him on that. He said algebra was sin. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he would get up and he would do it and sometimes even have to go get treatment. And I don't know if you've ever been in Washington, but the Washington traffic, you would have to leave yeah. three hours before you had to go anywhere because it was bumper to bumper. But, right. And he was just such a trooper. Yeah. So then we, we come to, you know, the, his final his final days. And even right up to his final days, he was active. He was doing things that he wanted to do. He was... I'm sure just in in the midst of this battle, like you said, still encouraging everybody around him because how can you not be a young young man you know what what he's going through, and yet he is he's he's got that strong faith, he's got that character that that men twice as old, three times as old don't have, and um 
So walk me then through, let's just walk through like maybe the last, the last couple of days. I mean, did you sense that, that he was nearing the end of his journey on earth? He had signs that he was, you could see his breathing started to change. Um, he started to sleep a little bit more and, and that always bothered me because I felt that if he was up, then he was, he was still pushing himself. And those times when he started sleeping longer and he had a hard time getting up and he didn't want to eat. Um, and that started to happen more and more. It was about, I'm going to say probably a week, a week and a half before he, he, uh, passed away. And, um, I remember seeing he was, at the time we didn't know, but he was still only breathing on one lung. And we didn't really find that out till the day he passed. But you could see it. We went, we went to uh, Chuck E. Cheese. I, got, I have pictures of him smiling, playing the games, you know, still having fun. We were at Universal Studios the day before. Wow. We went on rides, a few rides together that he was able to go on. Strapped and, his wheelchair right to the rides. And even in the midst of it, he was always smiling. He always had that smile on his face. And he was, he'd have his sunglasses on. <laughs> and he'd just, we, we'd be riding around and he'd just smiling and just loving it. He pushed through for the people around him, too. Yeah, he think, didn't want his brother and his siblings to miss out on that day. Because that Sunday before he passed, we thought that was the day. And he was in bed all day. And I can remember just... Later in the evening, he's, he just sat up. He said, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and His biggest thing is he wanted to see the Avengers. That one was hard. That, that was a hard one, but he wanted to see it. And that, that day, that was we had talked about it. And he said, and I said, Tim, I said, if this is your time, I said, you don't have to do anything. And he says, no. I says, I still got to get up and see the Avengers. And he gets up, goes to use the bathroom. We go downstairs and he starts eating chicken wings. <laughs> and I'm like... Out of nowhere, I'm like, what is going on? And we we thought, I mean, we really did. At that yeah, point, we, we really thought did. that was... They called the nurse in and yeah, everything. We thought that was the time. And then and then they show up and he's downstairs eating chicken wings. Well, you know what? There's something to be said for chicken wings. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. They were Publix chicken wings. Yeah. Were, were they breaded? Yeah. Spicy <sighs> breaded. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yes. That was you know, one of his favorites. That, that was definitely one of his favorite things. It was the chicken yeah. wings and then, of course, KFC. Yeah, he loved KFC. And he even yeah. ate. He ate. It was abnormal for yeah. somebody who, I mean, literally he was on hospice. Hospice wasn't there, but he also had filled out his own DNR, so he knew what was to come. So we kind of just lived life instead of waiting. Yeah. So those last three days, I mean, he went to the Chinese buffet one day, and then the next day he went to Universal Studios, and we did Universal all day long. Yeah. And, and then his final moments, you you know, you guys were all there, weren't you? You were. Yeah, and and everybody in the family came up. It was hard. I mean, Josh had it hard because him and I had to carry Tim up the stairs. So that that morning was a little tough. Um, we didn't. I, I couldn't even about couldn't even help him walk at that point, and uh, he we carried him up, and then he stayed in the bed until he went home. Yeah, yeah, it was nice because his sister's a nurse, and she was able to care for him. Yeah, hospice only came in at the the end, but um, he drank water all day, Gatorade. Yeah, he was still even listen. His, one of his favorite songs was from King and Country. Forgiven. Yeah, and he. Uh, he even listened to that, you know, wanted to hear that song. And we were all trying to figure out what was the song. And he finally just spoke out and said it was King and Country, Forgiven. Out of nowhere. It hadn't spoken for 
Oh, he's listening to you guys try yeah. to figure it out. And he's like, uh, okay, King <laughs> Country, Lisa, forgiven. Come on, yeah, Lisa, put it on. Lisa and um, Cherie <laughs> were there at that time. I remember because we were, he wanted to hear the praise and worship. He loved listening to worship music. And Toby Mack was one of his favorite. Yeah. When he was in the hospital, he would always have me play in the background, Soldier, that Soldier song, Get Up and Keep Walking. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Tim, you just said when he went home, because, you know, you look at it from a, a perspective outside of faith and you say he didn't even live 18 years. But even if you live 80 years on planet Earth, that's just a blip on the radar in comparison to eternity. Yeah. And so you celebrate that he's no longer suffering, but you you mourn the loss of a son. Uh, so. I'm going to wrap up our first episode here together in this conversation, and we're going to come back. We'll come back in another episode, and I'll, I'll, there's some other things I want to, to drill down, some other issues, topics on this. But because it's life encouraged, we need to encourage our listeners sure. now. And, and the, the cool thing about uh, Timothy was that he was all about everybody else. Now, you have mentioned it in this conversation that he, he even put on a strong face, a strong facade, a smile, even when he wasn't feeling it for the people around him. But tell me about his Make-A-Wish, because the story is incredible. I mean, it's when most kids his age would, especially being a Patriots fan, would probably put the call out to meet somebody Tell our listeners what, what Timothy decided on. Um, he finally decided on that he wanted to give his wish away. And um, one of the, did you want me to go into the story of that or wait? Yeah, go ahead. Tell us. Um, <laughs> when you're on the oncology floor, you're susceptible to infections. And... Um, a lot of the kids are put on isolation where they literally can't even leave the room. Nobody can come in um, other than family. They're very generous about letting the family stay together. Um, but nobody else can come into the room. So you're isolated. So not only are you isolated by this horrible disease because you want to be out and do what young men and young kids want to do, you're isolated in a different way because people have to come in with masks and gowns so you just you're really isolated and a lot of the hospitals only have these little carts with gaming systems on them so a lot of times they're on different floors or they don't have enough or somebody accidentally took one of the games and they don't have a controller so Timothy had this idea that they would do a gaming system in each and every room it's kind of funny because there's politics and everything. So there was a kind of little bit of adversity of getting all these gaming systems into every room. And Timothy said, no, I want them in every single room because when you're checked into this hospital, you never know when you're going to be isolated and you're not going to be able to leave that room. So <laughs> long story short, Tim got his wish. Mm. He got... These gaming systems are not just regular PlayStations. Um, they're these systems that have 19 to 20 loaded games and usually Disney movies because that's something that's popular. And whether it's a small hospital in, I don't know, just a smaller state, 
or whether it's in a large hospital in California or Washington, D.C., um, you don't need the internet. So these gaming systems are preloaded. Um, some of the larger hospitals can order a monthly subscription and they can have all the latest games constantly downloaded into the system and they're a full lifetime warranty. They cost about $1,200 um, and Tim got them and put in all 22 rooms of the wow. Inova Children's um, Hospital for kids with cancer. Wow. Hematology, oncology floor. Yeah, that is awesome. And I'm sure just that wish, seeing a young man thinking of others, thinking of other kids, other young people that, that are going through what he's gone through. So he understood firsthand the isolation, the yeah. the boredom, the you know, the need for something. There was one thing though that most people didn't know was before just before he did this make a wish was when we found out he was terminal. Yeah. It was the day before. And the make a wish, he came right up. So oh, they at, had to rush everything. So at That's that right. point, at that point, you know, he was still willing to give it away to somebody else. He saw the need, and he was meeting the need. And they literally got this done in a matter of days because the doctors didn't know how long Tim had. Wow. Um, and then that's when we yep. wanted to fulfill some of his wish lists, and we came back to Florida. And, right. Yeah. So as we close out this episode, and because he has such a great attitude, great personality, great character, and just encourage everyone around him, if our listeners wanted to, you know, contribute to a particular organization, say, um, are there any organizations you would recommend that you've, you know, had interaction with in Virginia? Uh, there's a few of them. Um, Still Brave. Um, you can just google still brave it'll come up and there's s-t-i-l-l-b-r-a-v-e yes. still brave altogether. okay yes. uh special love is another and one million for anna okay and you can google any of those and there's many different ways that they help um families but they directly help families great awesome. programs great programs great. i mean they got us through some hard times and we couldn't even think of things they were there to help and just special love is one of those where infiltrate. we could still even though we live in in a different state now, we could still go to their functions for support. For yeah, support at any time, and they they were very very good. Still braves the same way. Yes. Too. Well, Tom. thank you both very much <laughs> for the first part of our conversation here, and we'll continue it in our next episode. But I know it wasn't easy. You know, it took some time to you know to continue through the process. But again, I reiterate the way we started. Uh, this conversation with that statement that you never get over it you just get through it yes. Yes. and uh by your your own admission you know your faith in in jesus christ has been the the mainstay through it all yeah so thank you guys for joining us thank you guys for joining me no and problem. us the listeners and thank you life encouraged and we'll talk to you again soon mm -hmm. sounds good sounds good Thanks for listening to the Life Encouraged Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Also share on social media so others can find Life Encouraged.